I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Dallas Cowboys fans, are you ready? Are you ready to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Are you ready to hear what I, the Bear of Texas, has to say regarding the Dallas Cowboys? Well then, grab a beer, have a seat, and buckle up. Because this ride will start out slow, but I guarantee you it will intensify by the second. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. It is my honor to welcome back a fellow podcaster. He is the host of Kirby on Sports Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Mr. Josh Kirby. Josh, what's going on, buddy? Alex, thanks for having me on, man. I greatly appreciate this uh, opportunity. I'm looking forward to getting into some deep sports talk. You know, this is funny because this is the first time. I mean, what makes this episode unique is you got the Cowboys fan, me, versus a supporter of the Washington football team. But, folks, there won't be any trash talking. There won't be any blood and guts spilled. This is going to be done professional because this is two journalists talking. We're going to do things right. We're just going to state the facts. Amen. Well, I mean, just like much other seasons, both our teams seem to be having yet another horrible season. Question. I mean, the truth is, I don't know. I, I, it's probably mine who's having the worst. But hey, that's just another year of horrible disappointment from the Cowboys. I mean, kind of say I'm used to that. Well, for for me, I I, I feel like going into this season, I, I felt like with Mike McCarthy that the Dallas Cowboys could have been better than what they currently are right now. I think their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, is really holding them back. After Jason Garrett gets fired, they kept him on staff. A pretty young head coach, a former quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I I, I really think his play calling, something has to give with this play calling. Because you look on paper, and you see the Dallas Cowboys, they have C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. Three offensive targets with Dak Prescott gone for the season, Andy Dalton can throw to. And um, I I don't know. Dallas has really surprised me because I feel Dallas is one of those teams where they're usually a 500 or above in squeaking into the playoffs, but they've really surprised me. You know, the hiring of Mike McCarthy was really an amazing hire. Very amazing because I never thought that he would have accepted the job, but the Cowboys did a good job hiring him immediately. But since I'm going to go and cut to get straight to the point, I mean, it's already everybody, these Cowboys fans, I mean, okay, a lot of Cowboy fans are just unbelievable. I mean, they already want, some of them already want Mike McCarthy sacked. I'm like, 
Guys, okay, I get it. All the success that he had in Green Bay, I totally get it. Okay, but did you really think that right out of the blue, Mike McCarthy is just going to be the best coach that the Cowboys ever had? Is he really going to be make, make the team dominant just like that? Look, it's football. I mean, in all sports, it takes time to rebuild a team. I mean, keep in mind, Rome was not built in a day. The Allies did not win World War II in a day. It takes time. So Mike McCarthy's obviously making mistakes, but you know what? Every single coach makes mistakes. Tom Landry did it. You know, the list goes on. But obviously, the Cowboys are struggling as a team. There's the injuries. There's the play calling, the leadership, everything. You win and you lose as a team. Now, sometimes... It, while Jason Garrett did have all those mistakes, and a lot of the Cowboy fans want to blame him solely, look, Jason Garrett had a there was a big part of him that was the reason for the Cowboys struggle. But at the end of the day, it still was not just on him. Okay, what we have to understand is, look, this may sound an excuse, and, and I've been saying this on this show for a while. Like we did not, we didn't have the regular preparing for the season. I mean, that's an excuse. I get it, but. What we have to consider is that when a when a team the players don't have the mini camp, the OTAs, you know, the full the the traditional training camp and everything, how you how you gonna fully prepare for this season? I mean, that's that that is a cheap excuse. I get it, but at the same time, I mean, this has just been kind of a rough year for all of us. But for the Cowboys, I mean, just after game one, all the injuries are piling up. Things are just are just getting worse. I mean, Cowboys are. I mean, they're lucky. They're they're two and four, and they're still on top of the NFC East. That just goes to show you how bad of a dumpster fire the NFC East is this year. <laughs> I mean, a dumpster fire is the, I guess, the best way to say it, but it's an under, it's, it's an understatement too. I mean, at one point, it, it was kind of humiliating. You know, the Washington Football Team, a team that doesn't really have a name, is on top of the NFC East. I mean, that's just okay. But at the same time, let me remind folks, like, it's not the first time that the NFC East has been horrible. I mean, let's be honest, the NFC East has been horrible for like, for what, like over ten years now. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's either one team just dominates everybody or everybody is just squeaking to try to get a win. And this is probably one of the worst NFC East divisions I have ever seen. The Eagles, they just look like they don't know what the heck they're doing. And with Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, they've won a Super Bowl together. It's like, what's going on? And hold on, actually, yeah, it was it was Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, not uh, Carson yeah. Wentz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, D but Doug Peter Carson Wentz was in that system. He was get, yeah. getting injured, granted, but still, I I mean, Carson Wentz seems like a way better quarterback than what he is producing. And then looking at my Washington football team, um, the uh, solely I I want to go back to Week One. Week One was literally a false sense of hope because the Washington football team looked very great, but DC media and everybody else hyped the Washington football team up, saying, oh, Washington, the only team in the NFC East with a win after week one. It's only week one, and they couldn't live up to the hype. They lost to Arizona. They, they've lost the past four. And this game to the Giants, they lost by a point. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's crazy. But, you, you know, Ron Rivera, I, I do like him as, as a head coach. Some people are already complaining about him. But this is not Ron Rivera's fault. Like you said with Mike McCarthy, it, it's his first year in a new system. 
and Washington had a lot more front office issues and other things that Rivera was thrown into. On top of that, Rivera in his cancer diagnosis, so he's out there coaching with cancer. I mean, hats off to that gentleman. I don't know how I could do it. He is, uh, hats off. It's crazy to see, but it's amazing, remarkable, his story so far this season. And, I I mean, with all the turmoil that has been going on in Washington, it's basically like he got thrown into this mess, and it just takes time. And with this Washington football team, the D.C. media, and everybody hypes them up every year and like, oh, this is our year. We can make a name for ourselves. Get the hottest top draft pick a new quarterback. They're already talking about Trevor Lawrence, which I'm like, if you think a quarterback will solve all of Washington's issues, you you really need to think again. Because um, you, you look here, and RG3 only had one good year. Then after that, Kirk Cousins in the franchise tag, and then getting injured. Alex Smith was probably one of our best quarterbacks before he broke his leg against Houston couple seasons ago by the way remarkable it was scary yeah and remarkable comeback by alex smith but i mean i i think the football gods literally just said against the rams sorry kyle allen but you're gonna get knocked out you'll be fine but we just want to see alex smith play again but um to continue I, I think alex smith was one of our best quarterbacks but still everybody is saying Oh, Washington's in for the Trevor Lawrence we sweepstakes. Nobody is giving the quarterback a chance. Dwayne Haskins, I do agree with his benching. He's young, and apparently he was gloating about his stats for no reason. Dwayne Haskins is an average quarterback with um, a two, a half a year to, excuse me, a year and a half to maybe two years of bad football because you look at this Jay Gruden era from last season, he gets fired after five games and Bill Callahan doesn't want Dwayne Haskins starting. He didn't like Dwayne Haskins. So he sat the bench for Case Keenum and, you know, quarterback controversy all around moving back into this year. You just see that Dwayne Haskins is given a shot Ron Rivera has given him ample time to try to produce, but it it, it just didn't work out. And Kyle Allen, I'm really impressed with him so far. But still, I I, I don't want to say go out and draft Trevor Lawrence, but just work with the quarterback you have. And then if it doesn't work after a year or two, then try to draft somebody because it's not all about the top quarterback in this upcoming draft class. You see, well said. And it's the same thing on the end of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, the front office problems. I'm going to go back. See, I'm, I'm going to follow your footsteps. The front office problems. I mean, it's there's always a problem with Jerry Jones. And look, let me make this straight about Jerry Jones. He's a great owner, and he's a good team president. Okay, he's definitely one of the best names in football. But he's a horrible GM. I mean, that's been a problem for so many goddamn years. I mean, I'm sorry for the language, but... But I'm supposed to be objective. But now this is when the emotions really build up because you know we've been it's it's been a problem for so many years, and because of egos, it does not get better. Okay, and it's the same thing with Dak Prescott. But okay, look, 
If you've listened to my show, you've heard me. I mean, I've had more than my fair share of criticism on the quarterback. I've never said that he was awful. I've never said that he's worthless. I've just said that he's not as good as he, as he as people think he is. I mean, on paper, sure, but if a lot of the stats are in garbage time, or if he's doing all those good, big stats against horrible teams, that's not the kind of quarterback you want to pay $40 million a year to. I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody is pissed off. A lot of people are pissed off because Jack Prescott did not get paid and now he's hurt. And I have to remind those people, Prescott was offered at least four deals. He turned them all down. So now the, the, the problem is, the fact that he didn't get paid, that's his fault. Okay, because I don't mean to disrespect that $40 million, that's not for Prescott. He's, he isn't worth that much. Okay. Well, well, Alex, if you don't mind me uh, butting in real quick, but uh, uh, with that gruesome ankle injury he suffered, uh, I, I sort of want to get your take on where you think his contract is going now. Do you think he will be a Dallas Cowboy next season? Are they going to tag him again? What What's going to happen with that, in your opinion? Well, first things first, uh, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones both assured us that there will be no changing in the plans regarding Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott would be fine, that they, their opinion on him or plans did not change. So I'm going to take their word for it. So if those guys promise us that Prescott's going nowhere... I guess I can take that into consideration, but then again, there's been promises made before, and those promises were never fulfilled. Now, the problem is, I mean, Andy, if Andy Dalton is only getting worse for the rest of the season, I mean, everybody's saying, you know, that's only going to make Prescott more money. I mean, that might be the case, but I'm not going to make that kind of assumption. But it, I really believe that Prescott's going to have no choice but to sign another franchise tag because the problem is, Okay, let me go back. So if, if, if he, and I said this uh, in my recap against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I said this with my previous guest, if Prescott had been paid and then he, he suffers this gruesome injury, that makes the situation worse because from that point on, Dak Prescott becomes a major liability because he suffers a gruesome injury, his foot's never going to be the same again, he could very well easily get hurt again. That's what a liability is, and he's being paid all that money, and it's guaranteed you're stuck with the guy. So now that it's now that it looks like I mean as hard as it is I mean it's kind of a, it's it's a good thing that he that he did not get a, a huge multi-year deal, but from this point on he may have no choice but to accept attack because we have to see how next year goes if he can stay healthy if he can actually play better for an for an entire game rather than a second half, so in my opinion he'd be lucky to get the tag if he refuses to sign the the, the, the franchise tag. As difficult as it is to say, the Cowboys are just better off letting him test free agency, let him go someplace else. And then everybody's going to say, well, if the Cowboys are 2-14 and 14 this year, they lose all the rest of their games. You know, we have the number one, we have like the top five pick and the Cowboys get Trevor Lawrence. Well, like you said, it's not going to change anything. Even if the Cowboys get Trevor Lawrence, it's not going to change the thing. I mean, we're back at the drawing board. we got to rebuild with a new quarterback. I mean, we're just postponing and postponing and postponing. Sounds like a lot of struggles. I mean, it's it, my team, your team. It's just a mess. <laughs> it is, and you know, I mean, let me ask you: How long have you been a supporter of the Washington Football Team? Uh pretty much. I was pretty much born into it. Yeah, you know, my 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 parents grew up in Northern Virginia. They lived there, and apparently, like my dad's parents had season tickets for the former Redskins. And um, and yeah, you know, I I just started watching football, and that's the only team that was on. And 
they were a fan, so it, it, it since birth, pretty much. Okay, it's been kind of like for me, but you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, start watching football till 1998. I mean, I moved here from Europe, and I remember my my first day in this country. I was watching uh, the Cowboys football, and, and I remember my dad telling me that this was American mm. rugby. And from what I've seen, like, yeah, this is not rugby, but. But it's a shame that in my case, I mean, when I first started watching, I mean, this is when uh, the Cowboys dynasty from the 90s, I mean, yeah, it, it was long gone. So, you know, it's it's, it's unfortunate for me. I, I was never able to walk. I was never able to watch him win the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, I was born, but, you know, I was a baby when it happened, so it doesn't count. But but up until the season, you know, now that we're, we're getting ready to preview this Sunday's game between my Cowboys and your Washington football team, here's been the major problems. Now, I, but when I'm done on this part, I'm going to need you to tell the problems on your end, too. The problem with the Cowboys is there's the injuries. I mean, the offensive line is completely, completely, completely depleted. The defense is totally lost. They can't do almost anything right. I mean, blowing up on coverage, getting torched on running games and on passing games, stupid penalties, can't get to the quarterback, can't force any turnovers. You know, there's so many what-ifs. There's so many holes to fill that, you know, I... I, it's impossible to know where to start when it comes to talking about this Cowboys defense, okay? The problem was with Andy Dalton, I mean, and the same thing, after last night, everybody wants Andy Dalton's head, okay? He has no offensive line, okay? If he is not being protected, he doesn't have enough time to, to get the, for the receivers to get open, okay? But it wasn't just on him. There was play calling, too. If there's no receivers open, what is he, what is he supposed to do? He's out there in the wilderness all by himself, okay? So, that's been the problem. The whole team, I mean, the whole thing in a nutshell, um... Josh, is that the Cowboys are disoriented. They're lost. They're confused. They don't even know what to do. Well, for the Washington football team, um, I, I still feel like it starts from the top. Dan Snyder, he's been the owner there for multiple seasons, multiple years, and it, it's clear that people want him gone. And... But if the owner stays, you see all this front office change. Bruce Allen finally gets fired. You get a new team president um, in all this front office scandal. But still, you still have the owner, Dan Snyder. And I, I really feel like it's come to a point that this Washington football team cannot grow into a successful franchise until changes are made up in ownership. That's that's just my thought. But still, the Washington football team has made appropriate changes in the front office. But still, it's it's just a big, big mess, Alex. Uh, you look, you see the gameplay over these past three, four games, and the O-line, eh... I mean, we've been pressured a lot. Going back to the Rams game, with Alex Smith in, he got sacked maybe three times, and Kyle Allen an additional six. Granted, they were playing one of the best defenses in the NFL. But um, another issue for the Washington football team, in my opinion, they're not sticking to the running game. And I'm going to blame that solely on the people who decided to let Adrian Peterson go. Yeah, whoever did that, but because J.D. McKissick in the game against the Giants, he was their leading rusher with 41 yards. Uh, total for the team was 86 in that game against the Giants. And 
I don't, I don't blame him for not rushing the ball a lot because you have young rushers except for J.D. McKissick, who has been um, in the league a couple years. He played for the Lions. Um, Antonio Gibson, he he has some hot starts, and but still only 30 carries in that game. Washington is not sticking to the run because they have young running backs who don't really know the system. And... This goes back to when I was talking about Adrian Peterson getting let go. You could have kept Adrian Peterson there to coach those young guys up. I mean, if I was the coach, that would have been my best solution to make sure our running game would get more than 100 yards a game. Because if you don't run the football in this National Football League, you're not going to have success. Kyle Allen going into this game, I really feel like from the last game, he had a lot of ups, a lot of downs. This game against the Giants was a big roller coaster, but he had some pretty good throws, especially one to Cam Sims in the back of the end zone to um, get, like try to tie the game, but then Washington goes for two, obviously. But uh, that, Terry McLaurin, he's a weapon. Yeah, throw the ball to Terry. Logan Thomas... He came out of Virginia Tech. He used to be a quarterback converted to tight end. He has been doing a great job for this team. Another weapon at tight end. Because before Thomas, you had Jordan Reed, who was getting his head banged up and getting concussed every other game. But other than that, Cam Sims, he's another good target. And I, I've I've seen some light from Isaiah Wright. Still pretty young, but um, I do I do like what they have. They have a mix of young and old receivers, may, uh, more younger. Dontrell Inman is another one, but um, yeah, for them to have success against the Dallas Cowboys, I really think that they need to rush the football. They need to pound the football. And if they can't do that and rely solely on Kyle Allen trying to throw good passes, and trust me, he did not throw many great passes. He threw some, but that one interception that was thrown, like there wasn't a single white shirt there. It was all blue, and he just threw it right to the defender. Kyle Allen is still a really young quarterback, and um, there's a lot for him to learn. And I do like that he was with Ron Rivera in Carolina. So that's sort of a familiarity that I think will help. But still, this is a new team, a new system. And Kyle Allen just really needs to step up, make better throws. If he can make the right decisions, limit the turnovers, and throw to the weapons, don't throw the deep ball all the time. Although I do like his deep balls and his ball placement, but throwing the ball to Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin that game, I really love to see. And going to defense, um, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, you got you got to pressure the quarterback. Um, I, I hate to say this, Alex, but um, the um, the defense for Washington looked great week one. But if they can pressure Andy Dalton, who hasn't played uh, any football for a while since Cincinnati, he just had his first start against Arizona on Monday night. 
Um, if they can rush um, Andy Dalton and force some turnovers, that might be good for um, Washington. But still, these are two teams in the NFC East who are not playing so well in this crazy, terrible NFC East division. Um, and one more I'd like to talk about is, um, what's his face? Uh, it, Kendall Fuller, former champion for the Kansas City Chiefs, comes back to the Washington football team. I loved seeing his gameplay, but still, the Washington secondary is not that good, and the run game. If Zeke Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys can pound the football, they're going to tear up Washington's secondary. The secondary has to improve. I like what they have at the corners with uh, Kendall Fuller and Chase Young and Montez Sweat. All those D-line guys have to pressure Andy Dalton. But uh, other than that, um, th that's pretty much what I think Washington has to do in order to win this football game. But uh, once again, you've seen it with other bottom-of-the-barrel football teams. This game could be really close, or it could be a one-sided blowout, because you never know with two bad teams. You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, Washington's going to have to run the ball, and I think they will because Dallas... Is Dallas's defense allows an average of 173 rushing yards per game. So there's no doubt in my mind that Ron Rivera is going to have the offense uh, go ahead and do that. But as far as the rushing per game, Washington has the, has the worst running game in the league because they only average about 82 yards per game. So you got the worst rushing offense going against the wor worst rushing defense. How ironic is that? And you're right, the, the Washington defense is definitely going to have to put Andy Dalton in bad positions, they're, they're going to have to put them under pressure. I mean, it's likely to happen because, remember, the Cowboys have no offensive line. And uh, Chase, I mean, I'm sure Chase Young, you know, Chase Young, I would say he's definitely going to have at least two sacks in this game. I mean, it hurts me to say it, but since I'm just putting the facts, I mean, the Cowboys have no offensive line. Chase Young is going to have a, he may have a good time this Sunday. But now, um, but as far as, let's take a look at, now Washington's passing offense, um, Right now, the question is, who's going to start on Sunday? Is it going to be Alex Smith or is it going to be Kyle Allen? I mean, uh, have, have they decided yet? Do you know? It's going to be Kyle Allen. I, I, I don't think Rivera's going to make the switch to Alex Smith. He only stuck with Alex Smith in the game against the Rams to, to protect Kyle Allen because he took a shot to the head. And he cleared protocol. He could have came back and played. But okay. he wanted he wanted to make sure he was fully healthy for next week. At Alex Smith, I, lo I love his remarkable story. You being a Cowboys fan, Alex, I, I think you would you love his story I too. After totally, like two, totally. After two years, a compound leg fracture, he comes back and plays football again. Like, that's unheard of. You remember Joe Theismann and Lawrence Taylor mm -hmm. breaking his leg, and he never played football again. But still, it's a remarkable story, but still, you don't know how much football Alex Smith can take. I hate to say it, but I mean... What what if something happens, like a defender rolls up on his leg and it just snaps again because he's gone through all those surgeries? How strong is his leg? Uh, I mean, the media and everybody says Alex Smith is 100% healthy, but still, I'm sort of scared. And I'm sure Alex Smith's family in the stands for that Rams game was really scared 
to see Alex Smith play again. It was a whirlwind of emotion from happy to see Alex Smith playing to what if he gets hurt again? But I, I think Kyle Allen's going to stick through this whole game unless he throws a terrible performer, performance. And then in that case, maybe we're looking at Alex Smith. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised because it is quarterback controversies. Washington is known for them over these past couple of seasons. You've seen Mark Sanchez. You've seen Josh Johnson yeah, I, I mean, seriously, Washington, Washington's the worst of the worst if you think Mark Sanchez is going to win you a football game. But Kyle Allen is probably going to start this whole game, and if he plays well and does what I said, just complete throws, don't go for the deep ball all the time, but just make smart decisions, uh, I, I think he's going to last the whole football game. Okay. Well, you know, honestly, whether it's Kyle Allen, whether it's Alex Smith, it doesn't matter because the Cowboys' defense is just absolutely awful. It's, yeah. It, you know, as I'm looking, you know, right now, you know, the Cowboys, uh, obviously, I mean, it still amazes me. Even right now, they, they're still top of the league in total offense. I'm looking, and they still have, their passing offense is still ranked number one, averaging close to, Averaging three hundred and fifty nine passing yards per game. I mean, that's likely to change. That's going to change dramatically in, in the next couple of weeks. And I'm looking here. Washington is passing game averages close to one hundred ninety three point two yards per game, but Washington's secondary is actually second in the league, averaging only two hundred seven yard passing yards per game. So, Andy Dalton is likely to have a uh, a horrible time against a Washington secondary. But then again, you know, there's C.D. Lamb, there's Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. But then again, like I said before, there's the terrible offensive line. If the offensive line can't do anything to protect Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton is gonna get is gonna get pounded and pounded and pounded. Okay, it'll be wor- it'll, it'll be useless to have those receivers. I mean, if he can't, if they can't get open, if any Dalton's not protected, the passing game is gonna be horrible. Okay, it's a big puzzle piece, Alex. In my opinion, I think if Dallas's offensive line cannot protect Andy Dalton, then therefore the three receivers you mentioned, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and um, Amari Cooper, will not get many catches because Andy Dalton will get pressured. So it's pretty much you got to fix one thing in order for another thing to go right. Mm-hmm. So if Dallas, has a, if Dallas is going to go for the win... They need to, okay, and I said it's the same thing about Arizona. They have to run the ball effectively. And what that means is Zeke Elliott needs to run the ball, right? And for God's sake, do not cough up the goddamn ball. Hold on to the ball, for goodness sake. I mean, <laughs> Zeke Elliott, since he got paid, we have not seen the results that we have that we have been looking for. And a lot of Cowboy fans are pissed off that the Cowboys paid Jalen Smith and Ezekiel Elliott instead of paying Dak Prescott and Byron Jones, okay? Look, it doesn't matter anymore. Okay, as far as Zeke goes, you know, Mike McCarthy, I'm sure, still believes in it, but Zeke Elliott needs to understand he got paid. He's yet to give the results that we want. It's time for him to step up and give us what we want. He got what he wanted. Now give the Cowboys and give the fans what they want to see. So Zeke Elliott, and Zeke Elliott, this is humiliating. He has yet to have a 100-yard rushing game, okay? And if, based on what I'm looking at is if he can't run the ball effectively this Sunday, there's no chance in hell. Okay, 
And from and based on this, Washington allows an average of 130 uh, rushing yards per game. You know that honestly, that doesn't mean anything because the offensive line is so depleted. Like, but now it's not just the risk is not just you know about Zeke fumbling the ball. If the offensive line cannot put open for him, they cannot block for him and open the holes for him so he can run, then the running game is worthless. Okay. Well, yeah, can I can I just make this point? Um, in that thirty-eight to ten loss against Arizona, Zeke only had fifty yards. The whole team combined had ninety-seven rushing yards. Going back to Washington's game, you saw similar stats. In this league, you will not win if you do not run the football. It's plain and simple. You can't have a one-dimensional offense with the quarterback carrying your whole team. You need to have all three phases of the game in order to win. The passing, the running, and the defense, and limit turnovers. Exactly. So so that's key. So basically, as I said, Cowboys key to victory number one. Run the ball effectively and safely. And safely means no turnovers, for goodness sake. Number two, and I mean this is a shot in the dark. Andy Dalton, the passing game needs to be needs to be explosive. Andy Dalton's gonna it's probably gonna need it's probably gonna take, you know, this, this is this is probably I'm probably exaggerating, but Dalton's gonna need three hundred yards. I mean, if if he can get if he has four hundred yards in this game. I mean, which you know, which could happen. Although, like I said, Washington's secondary is not is not it's not great, but it's not horrible either. It's just about average. I mean, if he th- if he throws interceptions, then you know that that just proves that the Washington defense is just you know, taking advantage of miscues and errors from the Cowboys' offense. So, so the running game needs, needs to be explosive, and the passing game needs needs to be explosive. So that being said, all this goes into key the victory number one: explosiveness on offense. The Cowboys can be dominant on offense, can score more than punt, like you know, score touchdowns, you know, score touchdowns on every single offensive drive. There's no doubt that the, the Dallas can win this game. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. I mean, um, you look and you see the weapons that Dallas has on paper. They could blow Washington out of the water. Besides Andy Dalton coming back in for the injured Dak Prescott. On paper, this game it should be an easy win for the Dallas Cowboys. But it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy. I, I, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what this game is going to do. Is it going to be a blowout or is it going to be a close game? As I mentioned earlier, two bad teams facing off head-to-head. Okay, well, first of all, keep in mind, there's no such thing as an easy game. Now, as far as it being a blowout or a shootout game, on paper, it can definitely be a game, a high offensive passing game, because if even even though Kyle Allen, I mean, the Cowboys fans are going to say, oh, Kyle Allen's nothing, we, we got this. I'm like, you know what, with a defense as horrible as the Cowboys have, Kyle Allen could, could very well have 450 passing yards and throwing five touchdowns if this Cowboys defense continues this BS. So that so which brings me the key to victory number two: explosiveness on defense. Now, what that all means in a nutshell: the Cowboys have to sack the quarterback, they have to force turnovers and score off those turnovers because you know every time Dallas commits a turnover, every time their opponent has managed to score points. 
the Cowboys have given up, given up 84 points off of turnovers this season. That is absolutely humiliating, and it's unacceptable. Now, Dallas needs to force turnovers because Dallas has the worst turnover ratio in the league. They lead the league in freaking turnovers right now, committed. Yeah, um, Washington's defense, Kendall Fuller, one name in particular, if uh, the uh, D-line can pressure force bad throws from Andy Dalton to force turnovers, picks picks in potential pick sixes, that that won't be good for Dallas. So um, that that's what I think uh, Washington would have to do um, to counteract that for Dallas, so to speak. But um, it, it comes down to the D line D line for Washington and Kendall Fuller and the secondary making big plays if Andy Dalton forces mistakes. Exactly. And I'm looking at right here the Cowboys. Lead the league in giveaways, okay? 15. 15. And now I'm looking at turnover differential, okay? And just like I suspected, Dallas is worse in the league, negative 12. And Washington is at negative 2, okay? Now, as far as total giveaways so far by the Washington football team, they are currently at 10, okay? Wow. I mean, I mean, it's only five. It's only a five difference between the Cowboys and, and Washington. But you know what? It doesn't matter because going to this game, both teams absolutely suck. I mean, I, I get it. It's hard to say that, but since we're all about telling the facts, look, you know what? The truth stares us right in the face, so we're gonna give the people the truth. The Washington and Dallas both absolutely suck. Okay. <laughs> So that's why the key to victory number one, explosiveness on defense, sack the freaking quarterback, force turnovers for God's sake, okay? That's two, but that's not all. This defense needs to force stops. Do not let Washington run you all over the field. Don't let them push you all over the field. Don't let them bully you like this. You be the bully. Cowboys need to be the bully. I mean, that's what the, I mean, this is the rivalry, you know, the Cowboys fans in their perspective from the rivalry beat down on, beat down on Washington. And, and, and yeah. Washington is the same thing. Beat down on beat down on the Cowboys. I mean, that's the same thing for Washington. They need to do the exact same thing I did. They need to sack Dalton, force turnovers. Okay, it, it's it's the same scenario for both teams. I mean, it, it's a explosiveness on both offense and defense from every single category. I've said, good running game, good passing game, score points, force turnovers, sack the quarterback, and force them stop. That goes for both teams because in this game, it's as terrible. I mean. Despite the injuries of the disadvantage of Dallas, the, the injuries and how horrible the defense is, in a way, both teams come in this game evenly matched. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, another thing I forgot to mention for Washington, they have a terrible time getting off the field on defense when it's third down. Um, is, the, uh, don't mean to interrupt you, but Dallas's Dallas defense is the worst than that. <laughs> yeah, but... Sorry? No, exactly. Dallas never makes the stops on third down. And if they do somehow and it's fourth and one, the team goes for it, they, they, they fail to get it. I mean, it's just it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, that's the frustrating part when the defense cannot pull through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The defense is not pulling through in Washington. They can never get off the field when they need to. When they're in their – when a team is in their own territory, they complete a long third down play. Washington needs to get off the field on third down and not extend the drive. That's what really shoots Washington in the foot I've seen over these past couple of games. 
And the Cowboys, you know, have to do that. They have to keep the Washington defense on the field. Keep driving down the field and score some points. It's like I said, it's it's the same thing for both teams. What we say, they got to do it to each other. Explosive on offense and defense. Cowboys need to do it. The Redskins got to do it back. I mean, I'm sure you got the point. I'm sure the listeners have got the point because, like I said, it's all evenly matched. They got to do the same thing to each other. I mean, that's the rivalry, for goodness sake. I mean, this rivalry has been alive for so freaking long. I mean, this is one of the most heated and historical rivalries, and not just in the history of football, but in the history of sports. Yeah, the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys, it's one of the most stories rivalries. And, I mean, there are so many memories of me being a fan and watching some bad losses against Dallas to some pretty exciting wins. Mm-hmm. But based on I, all I've seen is, you know, so those are the two keys to victory. And I always have three. So key, key number three, B prepared okay they were not prepared last Sunday even though there was a headline that said Mike McCarthy felt that th- this past week of practice was the greatest preparation of all season I beg to differ I mean I'm not saying Mike McCarthy is a liar I mean I'm not gonna call Mike McCarthy a liar I mean if he feels that the team is gonna practice then I'm not gonna judge him I'm not I mean he's a coach I'm not I don't I don't know what it's like to coach a football team if he feels like they had a good practice then I'm not gonna argue that but it's just in my opinion I feel like okay even if they did have a good week of practice Somehow they were not prepared, so maybe I, I guess it's safe to say that if the week of practice was good, obviously it was not good enough. Yeah, preparation is definitely a key um, for any football team, not just this game in particular. Um, I have a stat for you um, from the NFL and ESPN on Twitter. Cowboys quarterbacks not named Dak Prescott or Tony Romo have a combined 10 and 24 record in the last 15 seasons. Andy Dalton in his new role as starter for the Dallas Cowboys for the injured Dak Prescott needs to be prepared, study the Dallas playbook and be prepared to go out and potentially win a game. And same with Kyle Allen. He's still relatively new to the system. Both te- these teams, Alex, are very similar in as in compared to a new quarterback in the system, Dwayne Haskins obviously getting benched, Dak Prescott unfortunately getting hurt. These two teams are very similar, and um, I-, I really think this matchup is going to be a really interesting one to see going into this Sunday. It will be. And based on everything I've said, I've gotten my keys to victories. Uh, do, you have, do you have any other keys to victories for your Washington football team? Pretty much just Kyle Allen. Uh, you you got to be smart, throw the football, no deep balls, forcing any deep balls in triple coverage or anything like that. The D-line has to play well, pressure Andy Dalton, and get off the field on third down. Okay. Uh, that That's basically, in a nutshell, what needs to happen for Washington in order to win this game. Okay. All right, now we get to the predictions. So what's your prediction for this Sunday? Yeah. Uh, uh, I really think Dallas, with Dak Prescott being out and lo- losing, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say they lost a bunch of confidence after that Cardinals loss, but I did hear reports about players Saying the coaches need to do a better job. Oh, they which, did, yeah, you're right. They did. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I saw a headline. I'm sure you read more into this, Alex. If you want to uh, 
explain more about it, but something like that can make or break the culture in the locker room. And if that's the case and there's going to be drama and stuff and Washington just sticks to their game plan, Kyle Allen stays smart, I think Washington will get this win. But not by a large margin. But that that that's based on the sure fact of that headline and what was said, because I, I'm not sure if it was all true. I didn't read it all. But anyways, if there is some sort of team drama, that definitely plays a part in how your team does. But, I mean, Kyle Allen, from what I've seen, and what a close football game they played against the New York football giants. Um, I, I think Washington can really can really give Dallas a run. And uh, I think Washington pulls out this win because I think Dallas is, has just lost confidence from this Cardinals loss on Monday night. But, it, you know, it could go either way, in my opinion, Alice, Alex. But I, I just think, as of right now, Washington wins this game by 30 points. By 30 points? Three. By three points? Three. Okay. No, not 30. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that could happen. I mean, hey, you never know. But, I mean, you know, I'm going to shock the world. I say Washington wins 38-17. I mean, the defense is horrible. There's no offensive line. Like you said, confidence is lost. The players are calling out the coaches. There's drama. This team is completely disoriented. I'm sorry, folks, but I can't see Dallas winning this game. I mean, as horrible as Washington is, Dallas is, is a whole lot worse. I mean, the defense, the offensive line, the lack of concentration, the you know, all the drama. I mean, if they if if I'm wrong, then you know I'll be wrong. I mean, I'll admit that on the next recap, but I have to stick with it. Washington wins, thirty-eight seventeen. Well, it, uh, I mean, this game could go either way. But I think Dallas will keep it close because this is a division game. They're always a toss-up. And I think Washington wins this game by a closer margin. I mean, Dallas, okay, you know, that that's a good point. I probably should have thought of this before I made the prediction. I mean, Dallas has kind of really dominated the rivalry, I mean, uh, with the Washington football team. I mean, I think since since, 2015, since 2015... You know, going starting the 2016 season, I think the Cowboys only lost to Washington once, which was in 2018. And I remember that game. It was on CBS, and it came down to a snap infraction moving the Dallas Cowboys back five yards, and then their kicker hits it off the upright, and Washington won that game 20-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. And then I think that season, uh, Thanksgiving was, it was a different story. And, and speaking of thanks, you know, Thanksgiving, the, the Cowboys will face Washington at home on Thanksgiving, and... That, that's something uh, not new. I mean, that happened back in 2018. That was in 2016. That was also in 2012. And that's definitely a game uh, I remember. Well. I mean, Robert Griffin, the third's rookie year. I mean, he had a good RG3. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have to talk about this since we have a little bit more time. And, you know, and this is unique. We have a, you know, me, the Cowboys fan, you, the Washington football fan. We really we, we really have to talk about our owners. Now, I've give, I gave my thoughts on Jerry Jones. Like, he's a good owner, but a bad GM. I need you to give your honest thoughts on the ownership of none other than Mr. Daniel Snyder? Um, I, I think it's time for him to go because if there needs to be any sort of change in Washington, it, it all goes through the owner, pretty much. And if 
Daniel Snyder continues to be the owner of this team, I don't think Washington will become a successful franchise. They're failing right now, and I think Daniel Snyder needs to go in order for this franchise to change fully. You know, and I have a, a good friend of mine that's a strong supporter of the Washington football team, and, and really, you know, what made him really ticked off is you know, when he was living in, in Virginia or living in the D.C. area is how Daniel Snyder made the parking ticket, uh, the, the parking for the Washington games, he made the prices so high. I mean... <sighs> I guess in our perspective, from a pants perspective, it sucks, but we don't know what it's like from a business decision. But, but you know what? It doesn't matter wherever you go. Parking for a football game is going to be expensive. I mean, it sure as hell is expensive down here in, in Texas. I mean, the food at AT and T Stadium is actually pretty pricey. I mean, it's been it's probably been it's been like eight years since I went to a game. And the last game I went to was in 2012 when Dallas played Pittsburgh and. I mean, I don't know if the food's changed at all, but I mean, the food was was definitely delicious, but it was pretty pricey. But it's still, you, you were you were definitely getting your money's worth. But but I don't know as far as you know throwing Miss Dan, Dan Snyder under the bus for uh, having high prices for parking. I mean, I don't I don't know what it's like from his from a business perspective. So that's if I don't know, then I'm not gonna judge. So but but I get where my friends coming from. It sucks having to pay a lot of money just to park your car. Well, uh, well, stuff like that, I don't really think it relates because you go to any sporting event and you're looking to pay $5 for a bottle of water, 10 to $15 for beer, and the, it, it's anywhere across the sport, NBA, NHL, NFL. NFL is just more expensive because of the market it reaches. There's so fewer games, ticket prices are higher, and... Uh, Food's more expensive, but uh, Dan Snyder, just football decisions in general, I, I think everything runs through him, uh, and I, I just think Washington is getting held back by Dan Snyder. Just like the Cowboys are being held back by Jerry Jones. It's the same scenario in, in our situation. I mean, I mean, you know, my friend says, I mean, well, at least Jerry Jones is a good owner. I'm like, yeah, I get it. He's a good owner, but... He's got a bad reputation. Okay, keep in mind, Cowboy fans, will they will never, we will never, ever forgive the man for firing the legendary Tom Landry. I mean, that was the first thing he did when he bought the team back in 1989. He fired Tom Landry. You know, because of, you know, because of Jerry's ego, we lost a good coach in Jimmy Johnson. And we would have won probably 10 more Super Bowls if, if the guy had stayed, uh, remained the head coach of the Cowboys. I mean, maybe that's just me being mad at Jerry. Some people say that's not necessarily true. But in our case, I mean, we can't deny the fact that Mr. Jones, I mean, I, res I respect the man, you know, like that. He's a good businessman. He's a good owner, a good president. But him not wanting to, to relinquish the GM position and give it to somebody else, I mean, that's where the ego comes from. And he's just, it, he's just not a good GM. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that. He's probably fumbling way too many things around. But, I mean, Jerry Jones, he's rich. And that stadium he built is amazing. And have you been there? Never. No, I've never been to Dallas. Um, it, it looks really nice, but with this new new SoFi Stadium opening up in Los Angeles, man, I mean that that's like a head-to-head -head competition right there on whose stadium is better. I mean, well, you know, as far as as far as it, well, you know, Jerry's just way ahead already. I mean. You know, uh, as far as uh, his team goes, I mean, I've been there. I mean, the screen is huge. The I mean, the building itself is pretty cool. 
you know, I mean, you look outside, you look at it, and it's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing. It looks just like the Death Star. I mean, I'm a Star Wars nerd, so that's why I like to say that. But I love Star Wars. But for, <laughs> you know, that's why I say Jerry Jones is a good owner. He, he's a good businessman because he built the team a great stadium. He built them a great training facility. I mean, I've driven past the, the new training for the Star in Frisco. It's amazing. So that's the owner in, in, the, in the business perspective from Jerry Jones. I mean, that's him being as an owner. Okay, but the GM thingy is a whole different story. I mean, it's not like, I mean, even the mistakes as the owner, I mean, you know, losing Jimmy Johnson and, you know, he kept Jason Garrett around for so long because Jason Garrett should have been fired after the 2013 season when Dallas went 8-8 went eight and eight for the third straight year. Garrett should have been fired then. But, yeah, I, but apparently I think they, had, they had a relationship and, and I would have said, Mr. Jones... You being a very successful businessman for decades, I mean, Jerry Jones used to work in oil and gas. I would have said, Mr. Jones, have you forgotten that one of the main tenets of being a successful businessman is living with a principle that goes, this is not about friendship, this is about business. So the fact that he kept Jason Garrett around for that long, it makes me ask myself, did Jerry Jones forget that it's not friendship, it's business? I think Jason Garrett was kept around way too long past his tenure as well. Uh, I, I really think 10 years overdid it for um, his time in Dallas with the amount of losing records and barely squeaking into the playoffs. And it, he should have been fired a lot sooner, in my opinion. I mean, like I said, after the 2013 season, after a third straight year of 8-8. Eight and eight, But but I'm going to ask you, you remember when Mike Shanahan coached the Washington, right? Uh, yes, I, I, I remember with the RG3 era, and I, I mean, that, that was one of, I, I was so optimistic, I was like, you've got to be kidding me, Mike Shanahan, a Super Bowl ch- champion head coach coming to Washington, that doesn't matter, they overhype everything, and just like in Dallas, dude, it's the same yeah, thing. They, they overhype everything, in Wa- it, it's different in Dallas, but yeah, you, you probably think it's different in Washington because you're more of a Dallas fan, and I assume you're from Dallas and you live down there and you see all the local reports and stuff. But all the time. Alex, uh, Alex, Washington overhypes everything. Dallas doesn't overhype everything like Washington does. At and least not the media. It, I mean, here it's the fan base who overhypes. I mean, the fan base. It's the same thing. Year in, year in, and year in. Every year, I should say. It's the same thing. This is our year. Cowboys are going to win it all this year. And the same thing happens. We have our hearts ripped out. So I'll tell those fans, when is it going to stop, guys? When is the self-absorbed, optimistic BS going to end? If if, you, if, if you're just going to keep over, overhyping it, then you know, you're taking the fun out of it. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's not going to be our year. I mean, we'll never know when it's going to be our year again. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you know, I've just stopped. I mean, every season, I, I mean, I can't hop the bandwagon. You, you know that my team stinks. I have to ride the highs and ride the lows. I, I can't just hop the bandwagon, but I love the game of football. I love watching football. I get sort of irritated when my team loses, but there's so much fun that football has to offer, and... Pretty much, I I've just come to the point where I'm like Washington's gonna have another bad season, and it makes my attitude a lot better instead of me expecting a Super Bowl championship every year. Well said. You know, 
it's really sad what happened with RG3 because I'm going to be honest. Even though he went to Washington, he's from Texas. He's from a town, uh, Cooper's Cove. It's probably about two and a half. I'm not sure. It's probably an hour and a half, two hours from where I live. You know him going. You know him going to Washington. I was still excited for the guy, but 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 I I knew something would happen when when I saw that they drafted Kirk Cousins as well. I told myself only one out of those two is gonna be the is gonna be the man. I mean, obviously well, it turned out that neither of them were. I mean, even though Kirk Cousins did last, you know, did have a a decent amount of success, but but I felt like you know, RG when RG three got hurt in that playoff game, I was like, damn. Well, Alex, RG3 was really mismanaged because uh, what happened, um, he was put in a system and the system wasn't built around him. Exactly. He was just thrown into a system, which a lot of teams do. They try to successfully do that and say, hey, you're a great quarterback. You just came out of the draft and you look uh, fantastic. Go in play and win us a Super Bowl. That's not how it works. You have to tailor the offense to your quarterback in order for him to be successful. And um, that's not what happened. RG3 ran all over the place and he got injured. Um, One game, an example, the Ravens game where he was just limping limping, limping, and then Kirk Cousins comes in, finishes it off, and in overtime they beat the Ravens. But then then eventually he tears his ACL in the wild card game against the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, I I mean, that's what happened. And then over the next couple of years, RG3 just sucked because then Mike Shanahan and then – Jay Gruden, because then Shanahan got fired for Jay. Oh, we're going way back here, Alex. So if yeah. I don't get the timeline correct, I do apologize. But it was Shanahan. Then he got fired for Jay Gruden, who was in Washington for way too long, by the way. But then they tried getting Robert Griffin to start sliding. He could never slide well. He's a running quarterback. But they tried to get RG3 to do something he could not do, which was a po- being a pocket passer, and you can't scramble outside the pocket or do anything magical on your feet. And that turned out really poorly on Washington's end. And I- I'm happy for RG3. He's getting his shot in Baltimore as a backup. Uh, I I think in years to come, he will grow with a great coach like John Harbaugh, and then he will get his eventual start. But um, then uh, this past uh, game against the the Baltimore Ravens at home, RG3 comes in for uh, Lamar Jackson. He gets pummeled in the end zone and throws a pick. So what happens at FedEx Field for RG3 apparently stays at FedEx Field for RG3. It's a shame, really. Yeah, it was. His whole it, it, it was a shame what happened. If he was managed a lot better, I feel like RG three could have been a um, franchise quarterback for somewhere. It's just one of the biggest what ifs in history. I mean, you know, there's the what if, what if the Blaze Trailblazers had taken Michael Jordan, but there was another one right there. What if the Washington Football Team? I mean, obviously the Redskins at the time. What if they had managed and used Robert Griffin III properly? If they had, I think he he would still be the quarterback today. Yeah, I, I a lot of what ifs, like you said. I'm just not. I mean, 
now now that he's older and you know I mean he still has you know remember he, he tore his I think he tore his ACL twice in college I mean you know all those injuries I mean that toll that it takes I mean when, you, when your ACL is torn and it's repaired I mean even if you repair every ligament in your knee your knee's still not the same like your yeah, knee I, your knee it, your knee can't handle that pressure like it can't do what it used to be do like it, it can easily get torn again or like you know you still feel a little bit of soreness like if you work the hell out of it you know that's football for you I mean football changes you. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, just look at. I mean, this makes me feel. But you know, you know who Earl Campbell is. Uh, I've heard the name. He's basically he was he's a former Texas Longhorn quarterback from the late seventies. Played for uh, the Houston Oilers, and you know he was a very good uh, running back. I mean, he could run you over. I mean, he was like a runaway, runaway truck. You know, he could pummel you. He can run you over and. All the hits that he took in college, you know, you know, it had him develop, you know, arthritis, and you know, he's got to be in a wheelchair for a lot of, for, for, for he's he's in a wheelchair a lot. So, I mean, football obviously football is different that back then than it is now, but that's just what that's what football does. I mean, you mentioned the Joe Theismann injury, uh, the Lawrence Taylor injury. I mean, you know, no, 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 I I mentioned the Joe Theismann injury. Lawrence Taylor was the one who oh, okay. tackled yeah, him oh, and right. broke yeah. his leg. Yeah, yeah, ugh. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you step on a gridiron, I mean, you're risking your life because all the see the, in my experience, I mean, I was a Cowboys fan. I loved Tony Romo. I was always defending the guy because I would always tell those fans, "How the hell is it? Is it the man's fault that the defense can't do shit, or if the wide receiver can't catch the goddamn ball? How is it his fault?" And then people would just laugh. And because people, I kid you not, people were laughing when he got hurt, when he broke his, when he injured his, had that career-ending uh, back injury, or when he, uh, like, when even though he was hurt, he would still get back in the game. I'm like, it's because he's a freaking hero. Romo wants to play football, wants to save this team. So while people can say he was a choker, you have to give him the fact, you have to give him credit the fact that he was committed to the team. He took pay cuts to keep these other players around. He never made it difficult to resign. Okay, but people still make fun of him. They still say he was a choker. Well, you know what? For a choker, he had a lot of come, come from behind wins. And you know what? If he had a defense, if he had everything, everything was right around him, I guarantee you he would have won a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. But the the way that era was with Tony Romo, he had some great years. He had some not-so-great years. There's not-so-great years. He looked like an average quarterback. But Tony Romo, if he had the right pieces to the puzzle, I feel like he could have eventually went on and possibly won a Super Bowl. But now Tony Romo is in the broadcast booth just predicting plays left and right, and he finally made his um, first Super Bowl appearance as a broadcaster. So that that was a funny meme that went around the Internet when he had his first Super Bowl appearance. <laughs> I mean, honestly, people are just making fun of him. I just call it jealousy. Because <laughs> he went from, you know, he was, he, he was undrafted, went to a small school, was on was the th- third string quarterback for so many years. He worked his way up, made a lot of money, you know. And he, and, you know, he's really good at his job now. I mean, he's a great pro- uh, broadcaster. And it, doesn't yeah. su- it doesn't surprise me. I believe that his degree is in communication, so it doesn't surprise me that he he's really good at his job. I mean, he obviously he has the job that you and I want so bad, but but eventually, you know. Hey, we're just out here grinding, brother. You exactly. know exactly. I and mean, we're we're gonna keep it up and. and that's the concept of this show, I and mean, you know, it's to get the facts straight. You know, tell stories. You know, keep it professional, keep it objective, and just just tell it like it is. Like when you and I were talking about the history of our teams, of the struggles. You know, talking about RG three, Tony Romo. I mean, we were just stating the facts. I mean, it's a fact. RG three was not handled properly. I mean, look, 
it's the same thing with Andy Dolan in Cincinnati, okay? And if you have a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, and you don't want to build around him, but then what's the what was the point? I mean, that's what they did with Andy Dolan. What was the point if you're not gonna if you're gonna be too cheap and not build around him? So the fact that they did that to Andy Dalton, what's on my mind is if they did not build around Andy Dalton, what makes you think they're gonna build around Joe Burrow? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that's a good point. Joe Burrow, I've seen some good gameplay, and I've seen, seen some not-so-good gameplay. It's still early, but I do like the fact that Joe Burrow is a mobile quarterback that is really helping off for him and the Bengals. Exactly. Well, that wraps it up for today, Josh. I want to thank you so very much for joining me, and I'd like to remind you and everybody else that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And it is brought to you by the Sarcastic Remarks Podcast, the only podcast that is led by Dallas Stars fans. Listen to the brothers of the show. They will give you everything you need to know on the Dallas Stars. That is the Chambers Brothers. Josh, thank you so very much for joining me. And this Sunday, all I can say is I know the differences between you and us on the team is... May the best team win. Amen to that, Alex. Thank you so much for having me on. Let's definitely do it again soon. All right. Well, you will definitely be back. Everybody, have a good night.